Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 208. Every port Royal Caribbean cruise ships visit offers so much to see and do, and in St. Thomas, guests have the option and opportunity to check out a true Caribbean paradise, St. John. St. John is located nearby, and this week I share with everyone my experience visiting St. John and talking about what you need to consider if you want to see it for yourself as well. Here we go. When your Royal Caribbean cruise brings you to a particular port of call, whether it's an island in the Caribbean or a city in Europe or uh, somewhere in the South Pacific or anywhere in between, it's an opportunity to get off the ship and explore literally part of a world that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily visit on a land vacation or even a business trip for that matter. And honestly, getting in to visit these places is what got me hooked on cruising in the first place. You go to sleep magically wake up the next morning and bam, you're in a new place with an opportunity to spend a lot of time there to get a, a good taste of that experience. And on a recent Royal Caribbean cruise on Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas, I got a chance to try something very new to me. And it's something that I think that a lot of folks might also be interested in. In fact, I'm sure there's some people listening to this right now who've already done it. And that is I visited St. John, which is one of the islands in the U.S. Virgin Islands, except our cruise ship didn't stop at St. John. It stopped at St. Thomas. St. Thomas is a very popular cruise port. In fact, many Eastern Caribbean cruises will take you to St. Thomas. And odds are, if you've been on an Eastern Caribbean cruise, you've probably stopped in St. Thomas. And I've been there many times. I've been, I've honestly lost count how many times I've been to St. Thomas, but it's a great port. I have nothing wrong with it. But on this recent stop, we wanted to try something different. The idea to visit St. John came to me actually from my good friend Scott Sanders from DisneyCruiseLineBlog.com. Actually, Scott joined me on our uh, podcast in episode 114 of this podcast, which I'll post the link in our show notes too, where we talked a little bit about St. Thomas and also his option to visit St. John there. And it kind of got my mind going because St. John is located very close by to St. Thomas. There's regular ferry service that, that goes there. And I had never even considered it as an option. But since we've been there so many times, uh, you know, I really started to think hmm, maybe this is time to see what it's all about. Because I think for a lot of folks, including myself, you hear about these ideas at these shore excursions, popular shore excursion ideas, right? And it starts to conjure up ideas. And it, it got me thinking more and more. Now, it's interesting because in Cozumel, I have never taken the ferry to the mainland. And the primary reason, the only reason, quite honestly, is because I've heard not so great stories about that ferry service in the sense that there's a lot of motion sickness that gets induced one way or the other, coming and going or both. And it's just, you know, kind of a, that, that alone sets, it sets it off. But with St. John's, I didn't really hear that all that much. And on top of it, I wanted to try something different. We were going on this cruise without the kids. So this is, you know, when you, any parent knows if you're traveling without your children, it makes so much easier logistically to do anything, whether you're going to St. John or going to Target, it's the <laughs> life is so much easier without the kids. We love them. But man, it's like moving the army of the Potomac when, <laughs> when you've got them with you. So Something like this is was uh, an interesting idea, and this week I wanted to talk about going to St. John, explaining the ins and outs of it, and and kind of you know putting it out there as an option for, to consider on your future Royal Caribbean cruise. And I wrote a blog post about my experience in St. John, and uh, did this when I got back from the cruise. But I'll post a link in our show notes to that as well. You can see some pretty photos and refer to it as you as you need. But the the beauty of the podcast is I get to talk more uh, eloquently about it. Well, I don't know how eloquent I'll be, but I'll be able to speak to it a little bit more than the written form and kind of talk you through the whole experience. St. John is, a, like I said, it's a neighboring island of St. Thomas. It is essentially an entire national park. I mean, there's a very little uh, town there, but not a lot of people live in St. John. It's unlike St. Thomas, 
It's really almost like just a, a nature preserve. And what that means is not only is it not crowded in St. John, it's also quite beautiful. The beaches are just amazing over there. And I had seen enough photos to kind of say, okay, you know what? I got to see this for myself. Now, getting to St. John, you have a lot of different options. Primarily, there, it kind of boils down to two basic ideas. Are you either going to book through Royal Caribbean or you're going to book on your own? There's advantages and disadvantages to both. Uh, you know, the, the primary difference is if you book through Royal Caribbean, you're taking a longer ferry ride. Your ferry will depart from where your cruise ship leaves from, which is uh, Crown Bay, and it brings you directly to the cruise terminal on St. John. And it's about, let's say, 40, 45 minutes or so ride. If you, the other option is to do it on your own. You can take the same ferry, quite honestly. You could book that one. It's just a regular ferry. Hop on there and and do that as well. The one thing about that ferry, by the way, the one that goes from Crown Bay to uh, Cruise Bay in St. John, is that it is less frequently offered. The other ferry goes from the east side of St. Thomas in a place called Red Hook, and they have regular ferry service every hour on the hour. And this one is only about, it, they say 20 minutes. I think it was like 15 max if you consider the time it took to slow it up and you know pull out and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, it's a very quick ferry. Very easy going, and it's, it's a lot more frequent. Now, the thing is, in order to, to get to the Red to get to Red Hook, you need to take a taxi. And we ended up going with the on-our-own through Red Hook option. Primarily, I would honestly tell you, number one, in my heart of hearts, I did it because I kind of like the sense of adventure. I kind of like doing it on my own. I got nothing against Royal Caribbean Excursion. I do it all the time. But I kind of felt like, you know what? I want to do it on my own. I want to. I want the sense of adventure to it. I kind of get a... a I, I take great satisfaction in being able to you know, plan these kinds of things. So there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of ego involved. Secondly, I also wanted to limit the amount of ferry time in general. I, you know, why tempt fate? I'm not usually susceptible to motion sickness, but I really didn't want to have to. If I can avoid a situation, why put yourself in that kind of a position to even possibly run into it? Again, I don't know, and I, I've i heard very few fewer stories about the Crown Bay ferry having any kind of motion sickness, but you know what? Anything can happen. Now, one of the advantages also of being able to book this on our own, as opposed to the Royal Caribbean, is we were able to literally see what it was like weather-wise, crowd-wise, anything-wise, the day of. Right? If you book it through Royal Caribbean, Royal Caribbean recently changed their shore excursion policy, where you have now uh, you have to cancel your excursion within 48 hours. Now, I wasn't too worried about the weather, but theoretically, if we had pulled in the port and the seas were really choppy or it was raining and it looked like it was going to be an all-day soaker, we, my wife and I could have said, okay, forget about it. We're just going to go to downtown uh, Charlotte Amalie and, and call it even. So from that standpoint, that's an advantage too. I don't know that's a big one, but something I'm thinking about as we kind of talking through this. Anyway, we took the taxi. One of the things that I don't like about taxis in St. Thomas, they, the other some other islands they do this too, is this whole, even though you're taking a taxi, they stuff you with other people. Like, dudes, you know, I'm paying for the taxi, man. Just drive it out. I, I kind of get you want to maximize your revenue. It's a business. I get that, but... Man, it's just a negative experience. I really – both ways that we took taxis in – actually in St. Thomas and St. John, we were subject to the uh, two minutes, man. Well, two minutes will be on our way. We're just waiting for more people, you know, and it's like, come on. You know, I, I'm sorry. I, I have very little patience for those kinds of things. I have patience in other places, not so much in taxis. And, you know, like Cozumel, you don't have that problem. You just hop in the taxi and bam, you're off uh, here. I don't know why they do this. Is This is not just this one time. This is always the case. So keep that in mind. It, it, you know, what that means not only – you have to wait for other people, but you're making stops along the way. So, it, you know, you're talking about some extra time here and there, and it all adds up in the grand scheme of things. Anyway, while the taxis are a little inconvenient, eh, it's okay. I, I like seeing the countryside. Taking a little ride through St. Thomas wasn't all that bad. And, you know, truth be told, I mean, what am I really talking about here? You know, maybe 10 minutes each way. Big deal. Eh, not, not huge. 
Actually, it was funny. The the taxi ride back to the port from the cruise terminal when we, we returned to St. Thomas, we were in a you know in a van, and the van had seen better days. Let's put it that way. The you know the air conditioning not exactly a similar to the freezer section of your local grocery store. You know what I mean? Like it was, I wasn't exactly chilly in the car. And we were the only two people on the on the taxi for some reason, and the guy clearly the driver was not happy about this because he didn't want to drive all the way back to, to to the ship, and he's not making any more real money off of it. So long story short, we get about halfway, and we had a stoplight or a stop sign, who knows what. He sees another taxi driver who, in taxi ease, they're talking to each other. I mean, they're talking English, but they're talking taxi talk. They basically figure out, our driver figures out that the other driver's going there anyway and has got people in her car, and so can they take us? Okay. So, of course, that alone, that kind of bugs me because, you know, it's like, okay, now we're stopping and I'm getting another car. Like, come on now. But anyway, we get in there and this this woman is driving like a brand new van. The air conditioning is blasting. I'm telling my wife, I'm like, well, let's just hire her to drive us around for another couple hours because <laughs> it was so enjoyable to be able to do that. Uh, I digress. But sometimes the taxi gods smile upon you. Some other times, maybe not. But uh, anyway, the taxis of St. Thomas, this is true of all of them, by the way. It's very rare when you can get actually private transportation that kind of make a fuss about it. But I, like I said, I enjoy looking at driving through the countryside. I think that's part of the experience and kind of seeing, you know, uh, different areas. And if nothing else, maybe sometimes it inspires you. Like, oh, I didn't realize there was this resort over here. Or, oh, look at that little park. I would love to visit that on a future visit. So you never know. Ferry ride, pretty easy. We went there. We were there on July 4th. And in St. John on July 4th, they celebrate Carnival. And what that means is, like, everybody from St. Thomas tries to go to St. John because that's where the party's at, right? Everyone, everyone in St. Thomas is off of work anyway because it's July 4th. It's an American holiday, and St. Thomas is part of the U.S. Virgin Islands, as is St. John. So, naturally, everybody's got the day off, right? And they want to go there. So, it was interesting when we got to the port facility, there was a huge line. Now, I don't know if the huge line is typical. I don't think it's the case. But the advantage was, while there was a huge line, instead of running a ferry every hour, they were running ferries continuously. So, despite the fact that maybe it took us... You know, I'll say 20 minutes to get through the line. We didn't have to wait for, okay, well, you got to wait for the, now for the 11 o'clock ferry. But they just loaded up the ferry and then, bam, we were on our way. So it ended up being a not an issue. But you should be aware that the ferry runs every hour on the hour. Uh, the ferry itself is fine. The one we took there was a little, just like our other taxi, a little worse for wear. But the one coming back was, like, amazing. It was really nice. In fact, they had TVs on there. So clearly there's a variance in the fleet. But it's just a short ride from Red Hook. It really doesn't matter. I mean, you have just enough time to... Sit down and, and check your phones, and then you're really off, and you're, you're arriving pretty quickly. So it's an easy ride. Uh, you're not really going out in the open ocean. Uh, there was very little motion. In fact, actually, it was funny. About halfway, the the first ferry was open air, whereas the second ferry was air conditioned. But the open air one, man, there was some nice, uh, some nice. It was not only was there a breeze, but there were some waves coming in. It was kind of nice. I'm glad I wasn't sitting on the side of the ferry, but it was fun. I enjoyed the ride. It was a lot of fun. So when you arrive in St. John, you arrive in an area called Cruise Bay, C-R-U-Z Bay, and it is an area that is a really small little town. Uh, it's again, St. John is the smallest and least populated island in the Virgin Islands, and it's really, you know, uh, considering that the the Virgin Islands National Park takes up roughly two thirds of the island. I mean, there's not a whole lot in town. I mean, you can certainly hang out there, and a lot of folks mentioned to me that there's some nice bars and restaurants there, and that may be the case. But you're going to St. John, you're going for the beach. And we, we what we ended up doing was taking a taxi, uh, picking up, once again, a van ride, right, where they kind of uh, take you and say, where are you going? There's a lot of different beaches all around 
the northwest side of the island. And that means you just have a lot of different choices in terms of which beach you want to go to. Uh, it's actually funny. My, my friend Scott Sanders, who I mentioned earlier, he rented a car one time that he went there. And I briefly thought about it. First of all, they drive on the other side of the road. So that kind of put me off. And then I was like, honey, look, Scott posted a video on YouTube of it. And I'm, we're watching it. And it's like literally the video starts and it's him driving. He takes a corner. But this is within the first 30 seconds of the video. As he turns the corner, there is a truck barreling at him at the same side because the, the road is so narrow. And I said, nope, never mind. <laughs> Take a taxi. It's a lot easier. But as I mentioned, there's a lot of different beaches. The most popular being Trunk Bay. You've probably heard of this one. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's really, really nice. But in this case, I actually listened to Scott, and I went to a different beach called Cinnamon Bay Beach. It's maybe I, – I'm going to say 10 minutes past Trunk Bay. I think that's being generous with time, probably closer to five minutes. It's pretty easy to get there, and it's very close by. But what's nice about Cinnamon Bay Beach is there's really no crowds at all. It is a pristine, open beach. Uh, there was no fees to get in, by the way. No, no park fees or anything like that. You just walked on in. Um, there was a little stand, a little beach shack, if you will, that, that was selling or renting beach chairs along with some other things like if you wanted to kayak or, or windsurf or something like that. But you could rent beach chairs there for about 10 bucks a pop. But otherwise, it's pretty much just go hang out at the beach. So if you're looking for like, you know, inflatable things to climb on and jet skis and I don't know, swim bars, you're not finding them over here. This is really just about your stereotypical, beautiful coastline with white sand clear turquoise water i can't describe to you well enough how beautiful it was i mean to date my favorite my most the, my favorite beach and the most beautiful beach i've been to in the caribbean was orient beach in saint martin i think this one's given it a ride for it's my only advantage of saint uh orient beach is that they have more facilities like there's like service like bar service uh waiter service i should say uh, over there but i mean in terms of just you know you really felt like you have the beach to yourself i mean we were on this beach and if, if there were 20 people there, that would have been, uh, you know, I would have been shocked to hear that. I mean, it was just really, yeah, the whole area to yourself, it was really nice. I mean, the only thing I can complain about is that there was a lack of shade, but I'm also, you know, an aspiring troll. I like to hide under bridges and, and, and seek shelter. I don't like being out in the sun. So, you know, that that's my take. There was There's vegetation at the back end of the beach. So basically, we took our beach chairs and shoved them right at the the beginning of the beach, I guess you want to say that, right near the, there was plenty of foliage and trees, and that provided some natural shade there, but I'll tell you something, it was just gorgeous between the color of the water, the clearness, oftentimes in the Caribbean, you'll find the color, but not the clarity, a lot of times it's, you look down, you put your hand in the water, you can't see your hand, not, it's dirty, it's just not clear, but this was crystal clear, perfect shade of, of blue, turquoise, oh, it was amazing, I mean, it was just, it was phenomenal, and I think when we when we finally got there, you know, my wife and I really said to ourselves, okay, this was totally worth it. I mean, water temperature was amazing. It was really nice to do, and, and I really liked it. Uh, at our beach, they also did have a, a snack cart, if you want to call it that. They had some food, I and mean, we had, like, hot dogs for lunch. And they had also some alcohol and some snacks. So there's something to ha be there. I mean, certainly as cruise guests, we can't pack like a cooler, right? So there was something to, to, to enjoy. Uh I will tell you that I would definitely want to go back. I think St. John, the appeal of St. John is you want to go to a pristine beach that is just absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. There's nothing wrong with the beach in St. Thomas. St. Megan's Bay is beautiful. I've been to Emerald Beach in in, in St. Thomas as well. But these are just, I mean, just unbelievable postcard-worthy beaches. And it really does make a difference. Now, it's a little bit of an ordeal to get there. I, I recognize that. 
But I think it was worth it. And in fact, my wife on our way out told me, said, you know what? I think we could probably do this again and bring the kids. It really wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I probably agree with her. I think it was the ordeal was not nearly as bad as it sounded. Certainly on paper, and even maybe listening to this now, saying, geez, man, you got to take a taxi and a ferry and a taxi and then reverse all that. Yeah, it's a little. I mean, it's not It's not like down the street and take a right, but it was easy. It was simple is what I'm trying to say, really. And I think that the payoff was just tremendous. I mean, if you're just looking for – if you want to go on a cruise and you you really want that picture-perfect beach, I mean, you cannot beat this option here with exception maybe in St. Martin on <laughs> – on at Orient Beach, I really wish we had stopped in St. Martin on that cruise because that would have given me the opportunity to really compare them. You know, obviously, I'm comparing, you know, this stop versus a stop in St. Martin a couple of years ago. You know how memories are, right? You fade a little bit. You forget certain things, you know, those kind of, Anyway, it's it's a lot of fun, and I, and I really did enjoy it. Also, of course, being in St. Thomas and St. John, your cell phone works if you're a United States resident. Most major cell phone carriers, they work uh, in the U.S. Virgin Islands because it is technically part of the United States. So that was nice. It makes it a little bit easier. But I got to say, I really enjoyed it much more than I even thought to do. Now, one thing to keep in mind, uh, you know, when you're doing it on your own, obviously, is we were really uh, aware or adamant, I should say, about getting back in time. When we do excursions on our own anywhere, my wife and I are always of the opinion we're going to get back hours before. I don't, two hours is too close, <laughs> if you ask me before embarkation time. I mean, I'm, we're back, you know, three, four hours easy. It's just, just puts our mind at ease, and with with this excursion, we got back way too early. I mean, we left. We one of the problems was it, it there was a quick downpour. It looked like it was going to be like a rain shower. It wasn't. By the time we got back up to the taxi stand, it stopped raining. We're like, oh, oh well. Anyway, that being said, the um the the rain kind of you know it was like okay, well, it rained on us, and we you know we'd been there for a little while, but we got back way too early. Could have stayed easily another couple hours there, and and I think that you know I, the whole carnival situation kind of uh, bungled the whole plans you know the whole schedule was all kind of a little messed up so that kind of made us a little gun shy about everything but i will tell you that you know plan ahead well uh one of the things you should do is time how long it takes for you when you're going there so you have a ballpark idea of what takes going back now assume it's gonna be a little bit more add like maybe 30 minutes to it but that'll give you a pretty good idea of what to expect you know in terms of how much time you need to give yourself to get back keep in mind the traffic in st thomas can be potentially worse on the way back so again i wouldn't plan it well we're supposed to be back at five o'clock so we, we'll get back to the ship according to my plans here by four fifteen. like that <laughs> if you ask me that's giving me heart palpitations just thinking about it you know give yourself plenty of time but the good news is it actually goes by a lot quicker than you think i think also think talking about time the time it takes for the taxi in st thomas versus taking the ferry probably a negligible difference and you might consider i might consider quite honestly doing just the ferry next time just because it's not – I first of all, I'm not entirely certain how much money it saved us. The only advantage of booking the Red Hook Ferry was simply that we knew there would be a ferry every hour versus the uh, the other ferry, the one that went all the way back to the ship, only ran a couple times a day. I mean, I was a couple times. I'm talking like, you know, let's say every two to three hours, right? Which just meant it just limited us, right? You know, it, it's one of those things. I like having more options. And, you know, you buy round trip – fair on the ferry so it'd be kind of a waste if we didn't do it yeah you get to consider it both ways the other thing to also remind is that royal caribbean does offer excursions they do they offer a number of excursions that do a couple different things but they also offer a saint john on your own which is just basically all we're doing is giving you a ferry and here's what time to be here's what time to come back and otherwise you're on your own so long have fun and that might be a good idea for us i think just you know with our kids 
sometimes things go bad. I remember uh, one of the worst excursions we ever took was in Falmouth. We did the Blue Waters Escape one, which, by the way, even if my kids weren't horrible that day, was not a great excursion. But we did the excursion, and my kids were just in a foul mood. I mean, they had they were clearly tired. They did not get enough sleep the night before, I guess. Who knows? They were hungry, let's say. Uh, the, the lunch was not to their liking. It was windy. Um, the moon was not aligned to their life. Who knows what they were doing? Anyway, they were in a foul mood, and I think we left there within an hour of being there. It was that bad with the kids. So as a parent, in the back of my mind, I'm always kind of like, what? where's the emergency exit, right? Where's How do I pull this parachute to get back immediately? Because you know what? At the end of the day, it's not worth it. I'm not going to be – sometimes I am that dad, but sometimes I really don't want to be that dad who goes, we paid a lot of money for this trip, and you gosh darn it, you guys are going to have a good time. <laughs> now knock it off. <laughs> I try really hard not to be that parent. Sometimes I am, but not all the time. And, you know, you got to, when you're doing these excursions, you know, I think the advantage of the Red Hook Ferry would be that I'd have that option back in my mind. So, okay, we can go back to the, to the taxi, get the Red Hook Ferry, we're back on the ship in like, you know, an hour. And this whole ordeal can be, <laughs> let's never speak of this again. I don't think that'll be the case. My kids are getting older, a little more mature. Um, uh, there's alcohol served somewhere I can deal with. <laughs> Joking. But, you know what? It was a fun time, and I'm looking forward to trying again. I think the next time I really – we stop at St. Thomas, I would love to go back to St. John again because I want to see it again. I want to bring the kids there, and it was just it was just perfect. So, yeah, if you're going on your next Royal Caribbean cruise and you're going to St. Thomas and you're thinking about maybe going to St. John, I would highly recommend it. Plan ahead. I think it's important to understand all the steps involved. Look at the cruise ferry schedule, and as long as you have a decent understanding of how it all works in your mind, it's a great way to spend your day while in port. Once again, it is time to answer your Royal Caribbean questions. This is the part of the podcast episode where I read your emails about anything Royal Caribbean related, and we talk about it right over here. And if you want to have your email read, well, this is your opportunity. Send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, Matt, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. We will begin our email inbox segment with an email from Mark from Ontario, Canada. And a big shout out to Mark and Diane. They were on our Navigator Seas Group Cruise, and I believe they're coming on the uh, Harmony Group Cruise. Actually, if I read the email, they just said they're going to say the same thing. Anyway, let me read the email. Mark says, My wife Diane and I have been listening to your podcast for a while. Join your Periscopes regularly. Met you on the Navigator Group Cruise in February and are joining you on Harmony as part of the Royal Green Blog Group Cruise there. We enjoy what you do so, so much so that we are also Royal Green Blog Insiders. I have a question about Izumi. I'm relatively new to sushi and have never tried Izumi. I'm a bit picky about the types of seafood I like, and I'm wondering if they allow any types of substitutions on their combos. You've spoken about the DX Sushi combo, and I like most of what I see in there, but I'm not a fan of shrimp. Do you know if they would substitute another item if requested? Thanks for all the information you give. Wow, Mark, it's like you're reading my mind, dude. <laughs> in the sense that that's exactly my hang-up, too. I love the DX Sushi combo. It is what, there's a, about uh, four combo options. Basically, a combo is just a platter of sushi, and per roll, it's a better value. You get a number of nigiri rolls and a couple of uh, uh, of maki rolls as well. It's actually really nice. It's great value. It's I love it. It's mostly fish, but there is one item on there I don't eat, which is shrimp. And I'm in the same situation, Mark. I don't eat shrimp as well. Most of the time, Mark, I just leave the shrimp on the side. I don't eat it. I figure one out of the rest of the things is not a terrible waste. You can ask. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I would recommend you do that. As long as it, 
in one, like I said, One Piece, eh, not the end of the world. I, I find my ways to fill up on, on other things on the menu, so it's not really a, a major problem. If there were two or three, yeah, that could be a bigger issue as well. Uh, but certainly, yeah, talk to them. I mean, say, you know, I don't, really don't need shrimp. Is there anything else that we can we can substitute in there? They're pretty open to it. I just never, Mark, you know me, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I try not to make a fuss about anything, because I don't know, I'm just weird like that, and it's, I, but reading your email, dude, I'm, I think you're absolutely right. There's a, I, there's nothing wrong with asking about it. In fact, oftentimes when I'm at a Zoomy with friends, I'm like, do you like shrimp? Oh, good. You want to trade? I often do that kind of a situation. So I think that's usually my, my way out. That way I don't have to ask the waiter. And instead, I have Billy eat my food for me. So <laughs> that being said, uh, you, you certainly can ask. Now, of course, the other option is if there are more uh, on items on the combo that are not to your liking, maybe there's two or three things. Well, you can always order per, per item. Um you know, you can get the the roles individually. Uh, there's a lot of different possibilities for you, but talk to them. I mean, they're they're here to help. One of the great things, and this is true of all specialty restaurants, by the way, is tell them. I was at Jamie's Italian, and there was this perfect so- uh, pasta there. Like it was just like oh my everything. Reading it down, I'm like, man, this sounds good. This sounds good. Perfect. I want to order this, except it has anchovies in it. And I can't explain to you in words how unappetizing anchovies sounds. My father loves them. I can't like. I can't even consider like that option, right? And so I isolated. Is there any way I can get this without anchovies? And she was like, "Oh yes, of course, no problem at all." Didn't even bat an eye. Like I asked, you know, for you know, it was like nothing. I have a penny. Okay, here you go. You know, like no, no big deal at all. So yes, ask Mark absolutely. And I love Azumi. I think you're gonna like it too. And it's it's a telling you it's it's one of the best specialty restaurants available on on any real Korean ship. And and quite honestly, Mark, I judge a lot of land sushi restaurants to Izumi because I know in my mind that's really where it's at next we have an email from don't think they gave us our name here oh man somebody sent me an email I don't want to read your email address in here but whoever you are Thank you for sending it in. I'm sure as you're, I'm reading it, you'll know. This is a Allure of the Seas cruise review. Recently got off the wonderful Allure of the Seas from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing. Uh, this was my first time on an Oasis-class ship. Our ports were Nassau, St. Thomas, and St. Kitts, the same itinerary that you're doing on Harmony of the Seas at the time I'm writing this email. I wanted to give you a review of the ship's ports and service. Nassau, we were traveling with younger kids who do not like walking around a lot, so we decided to book the British Colonial Hilton through resort for a day. This worked out great since it had a pool, beach access, and lunch. Not to complain about, not much to complain about there. The only major thing of note was that we left two people there. We could see them running to the pier as we were sailing away. Oh, wow, that stinks. And this is your PSA, by the way, for everybody. If you're doing an excursion on your own, which there's nothing wrong with, I do it all the time, plan your time ahead. Even if you're drinking a lot, set an alarm, do something, get somebody to wake you up and bring you back on time. Don't be that guy. You really, really, really don't want to be that. Anyway, back to the email. St. Thomas, this is the only part where we didn't have anything planned. Some of our group, some people in our group had been there before and went to an area that was very nice. We tried to go, but ended up not working out, so we walked around the port area and had lunch back on the ship. St. Kitts, oh boy, get ready for this story. <clears throat> we woke up in the morning that we're supposed to be in St. Kitts, and it was pouring rain, heavy fog, and strong winds. Our captain said that it was so bad. How bad was it? It was so bad, the pilot didn't know if we would be able to find the ship. We eventually picked him up and got to the pier. When we got there, there was no one to tie the ship up. Once they showed up, they couldn't find the gangway. Once they found that, there was no forklift to put that in place. Then they found the forklift. There was no driver because he couldn't show up to work because the streets were flooded. They showed a video on Royal Caribbean TV on Channel 14 on board the ship of roads flooding in quickly moving water and mudslides. 
Rokerman ended up saying no one was allowed out the ship because it wasn't safe. We ended up going back out to sea for an extra sea day. All shore excursions were canceled and refunded. Wow, that's like... Honestly, I, the person who sent me this email, I don't remember ever hearing something like that. That's crazy. I mean, I'm glad they kind of... I'm, I'm not kind of. I am glad that Royal Caribbean decided to say, no, 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 you guys aren't going on there. You know, it's so not worth it. And uh, that's... Did the right thing. Better safe than sorry, right? Back to the email. Dining. We ate at four different specialty restaurants while on the ship. Uh, Samba Grill is the Brazilian steakhouse on board. It was amazing. The Solarium Bistro converts into Samba Grill at night. Service and food was exceptional. Sabor, I'll be honest, Matt, I had my doubts. I was wrong. It was definitely one of the best meals I've ever had on a ship, or land for that matter. I can see why you're always raving about it. Izumi, we tried to, we decided last minute to go to Izumi for lunch. Our group likes hibachi on land, so we decided to try it again for lunch. Again, food and service was amazing. I had filet and shrimp, and that was by far the best meal I had on board the ship. Our chef was hilarious. I wish I could remember his name, but he was so great. Good food and good entertainment. Couldn't have had much better. Giovanni's Table. Our last specialty restaurant was Giovanni's and it was good. Kind of classic experience at a specialty restaurant that you would come to expect. We only ate the main dining room three times. The food was okay. I ordered steak, medium rare two of the nights and it came well done both times. Our waitress and assistant waitress were okay. The last night we ate in the main dining room last formal night, our waitress was sick and medical. There were some delays as they needed to find a replacement, but we understood that night. In terms of shows, we saw Ocean Area, Ice Games, and Blue Planet. Blue Planet is a good show, but some of the younger people in our group didn't appreciate it as much as the older people. Ice Games, if I had to describe this show in one word, it would be incredible. It was crazy to watch all these crazy stunts that they're doing, and let's keep in mind they're doing crazy stunts on a moving cruise ship in the Caribbean. Ocean Area, this is my favorite show that we saw. I loved watching all the diving, and the storyline of it was good. Just watching the high divers was so much fun that they were doing flips and twirls of all kinds and tricks. We had reservations before the cruise for all these shows, so we had no problems getting in. I did try the zipline, flow rider, and rock wall, and that was all super fun. Overall, it was a great cruise. I need at least another two cruises to do everything. I went to the meeting with the captain and senior officers and talked to a lot of them. Captain Ron Holmes was very nice. Cruise director Mitch Marucci was amazing and super nice. And activities manager Amy Tripp was so funny and friendly. The staff captain also mentioned to me that a new app will be replacing Royal IQ soon. It's anyone's guess what soon means, but I'm excited to see what it is. Love the lore. Can't wait to get back. Keep up the good work on the blog and podcast. That's a great review, by the way. I love cruise review emails where it's just, uh, this is what they had in the email here, just bullet points. You, this doesn't have to be Shakespeare. You don't have to give me a, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. You know, I don't need, it doesn't have to be crazy like that. Just give me a basic rundown of it. And that's perfect. So thank you so much. I wish I knew your names. I give you credit for it, but thank you for the email. Uh, one minor note about in the, the very end, you mentioned the Royal IQ app being replaced. And yes, Royal Caribbean has announced that. Oh, they've announced that they're re- they're creating a new app. It's called Project Excalibur. Obviously, that's a working name, not what it's going to be called. And last we heard, it was supposed to come out this summer. And I'm using summer in air quotes. I'm not that you can see them. What I mean by that is when in summer, to your point earlier, you know, when is soon? Who knows? But that's the idea. And this was announced by Royal Caribbean uh, CEO and Chairman Richard Fain. This has been mentioned in a couple different... Uh, earnings calls with uh, investors, as well as some various news posts here and there. But the bottom line is, yes, they are working on a new app. We have no idea what's what's in the app or features or anything like that. If you, I, I wish I could tell you anything. All we know is there's a new app. It's going to eventually be on many more ships than Royal IQ ever made it out to be. Uh, but we don't. That, that's about it. That's, and some of it is coming out this summer. Other than that. No idea. But as soon as we do know about it, of course, you know I'll be posting about it at royalkoreanblog.com because I love the idea of the apps anyway. I think it makes cruising so much easier. Oh, do I love it. 
Uh, we have our next email, and it is from Dennis, who writes, Matt, what is going on? Dennis from Australia. Where did you find your podcast music from? Thanks, your Aussie mate. Dennis, thank you for the email. Where did I get my music from? Ah, yes, this music is playing in the background right now. It's actually, I don't know if it's considered Muzak, but it's a—it's uh, just uh, licensed music that I purchased on uh, various websites. I'll post a link to it in our show notes if you'd like. Uh, Dennis, you can <laughs> buy it yourself. I don't know why you'd want to, quite honestly. But it's there, and its uh, anybody can buy it. It's just, you know, you pay for it. It's royalty-free music, and then I pay a one-time fee, and then, bam, I can use it, and I never have to worry about anybody suing me for that anyway. Maybe some other things, but not that. So, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, thanks for the email, Dennis. I'm, I hope that this, uh, you, can look, you can jam out at home to the Royal Caribbean blog, email music anytime you want. Uh, our last email, this is a good one, guys. I hope you stayed for this one because this is a fun one. Our last email today is from Jason Foster. It's Matt. Love the podcast. We decided to do our first cruise later this year on Oasis of the Seas. Thank you for all the info for first-time cruisers. It's been really helpful planning our first cruise. My wife and I are in our 20s, and you may call us adventuresome. So I have, I have a somewhat blunt question. What's the rule about nudity or nude sunbathing on your room's balcony when at sea? I'm not sure if this is allowed or how much privacy you have on the ship's balconies once you're away from land. I hope this is not a rude thing to ask, but we're kind of excited for our first cruise. And this is one question we're not sure about. Thank you. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Jason, Jason, Jason. Welcome, Jason. I'm so glad you sent me the email. This is a good question. You know what, Jason? I can, I'm, I'm being a little facetious here with my little, uh, you know, some people might be giggling. But you know what, Jason? I bet you anything there are a lot of people who are saying, Haha. oh, but seriously, what's the answer to this question? Because I'd love to know, too. So I had to look up the answer because, believe it or not, I didn't know the answer to it. And the answer is extremely vague, which I basically think means it don't ask, don't tell. Just don't ask anybody about it. Don't tell anybody about it. But you're going to do it. And I'm sure you're not the only person doing it there. I found Royal Caribbean's guest conduct policy. And underneath discordious or disruptive behavior, it said, I'm reading verbatim now, Quote, topless sunbathing may be permitted on some ships and on some itineraries, but only in designated areas. Contact guest services for dress code details. That's it. Uh, Jason, even before reading that and before researching that, my guess would have been that people do it. You're on your balcony. If you have an ocean-facing balcony, if you have a Central Park or Boardwalk, don't do it. They can see you. But if you have an ocean-facing balcony, really no one's going to see you in the sense that you have dividers on both sides. So on your left and right. So unless somebody was leaning forward on the balcony right next to you, right, and also peering around the side, which is kind of creepy anyway, whether you're wearing clothes or not, they're probably not going to see you. Especially, I would not recommend hanging over the side of the balcony, of course, naked. If you're sitting back uh-huh. closer to the door, I think you'll be fine. I, you know, The most anyone's going to see are going to be your legs, quite honestly. And even that, it, I, I don't know that anyone will really see you there. I, I think my my... My take of it is that you'll probably be okay. My other take of it, my other guess, based on no scientific data whatsoever, but just a hunch, is that I'm sure other people do this as well. On your balcony, it's perfect. I, I, I perfectly acceptable. I think it happens all the time, and I think that you wouldn't be the only person doing it. As long as I said you don't make a spectacle of yourself, and you're not, you know, you're not telling anybody. You know, I, I think in in your case, Jason, what I would do: enjoy your first cruise, whatever it is you and your wife are into. More power to you. Enjoy your nude sunbathing outside on your balcony. I think you'll be fine. So uh, it's a good email. And I, like I said, I know, Jason, there's somebody out there who's saying, I was wondering the same thing, actually, now you mention it. 
And to be credit, to be fair, we never talked about this topic before on the podcast, and I'm always looking to cover every aspect of taking your Royal Caribbean cruise. So thank you for sending it in, Jason. And Jason, do me a favor. When you get back from your cruise, send me another email. I want to hear about your cruise experience, your first cruise, because I love hearing from first-time cruisers what they liked, what was their experience like, especially comparing what you thought versus what actually happened, right? Comparing those experiences to your pre uh your notions, if you will, about what cruising is all about. And a lot of times I think you're going to end up being pleasantly surprised, but I would love to hear more feedback on that. So Jason, have a great rest of your cruise. And thank you to everybody for checking out the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. And of course, if you have an email, if you have a question, you want to email in, you might have an email, but you want to send me a question and comment. Maybe you read something on royalcaribbeanblog.com and it's got you going. You want to say, I want to talk about that topic. Bam. This is your opportunity right over here. Send me an email, Matt at Royal Caribbean blog. Dot com Matt M A T T at Royal Caribbean Blog dot com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hodgeberg, and we'll talk again soon.